We're glad that you're here this morning. If you haven't heard me give a lesson before, I'll tell you. My desire is to give you some scriptures to think on throughout this week and other weeks. Things that I think that will be beneficial to you as we go along living Christ's way and do His commands. We're going to talk about Solomon's wisdom, and that will lead to some things concerning the wisdom that we need, the wisdom that we have to have in order to please God. To start with, I want to give the definitions, and, and let me give another thing. The PowerPoint won't have the, le- the verses on it as such. We'll have a list of the verses that you can follow and read along with us today. But we, we want to give the definition of three words to start off with. Number one is wisdom. Number two is knowledge. Number three is understanding. And as we read from the Bible this morning and we look at the words that we want to say, we'll find out that these words are most of, of importance to each one. And we need all three of them if we're going to have one or the other, or if we're going to have the wisdom that Solomon had. The definition of wisdom is this, ability to judge correctly and follow the best course of action based on knowledge and understanding. So we see that in order to have wisdom, we have to have it based on knowledge and understanding. Also another meaning is accumulated learning and knowledge and the ability to to discern and to see or recognize clearly. The definition of knowledge is the ability to discern inner quality and relationships. The state of being aware of something or having information, or in other words, we have to have knowledge, knowledge, have the information, or we can't have the wisdom. And we know that God gave the wisdom unto Solomon, and he gave him knowledge and understanding as well. Understanding is to to consider or to grasp meaning of or to comprehend or to have thorough knowledge of. So these are the understanding, the the verses that we want to, or the definitions we want you to think about as we talk this morning. The first scripture we want to read is from Exodus, the 31st chapter, verse, we'll read verse number 3 and part of verse number 6. If you... Realize what's going on here. The thing is, uh, the Lord came to Moses and said he had chose two people. Or number one, he says one person. And then in the sixth verse, he tells of another one. And he chose these people to work on the tabernacle. And this is what the Lord told Moses. And he said, I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge. And in all manner of workmanship. So If you read these verses, you'll understand that he's talking about one man first, and he said, I've given these abilities, and he gave those abilities to the other as well. I skipped the first part of of verse number six because of how to pronounce the names of these people, and I don't want to be made fun of today. But it is a problem with this guy, and you know it is if you've heard me talk before. But I'm going to drop down to about the middle of the verse where he said, and in the hearts of all that are or that are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded them. So what the Lord did to these two men is He gave them the tools that they needed in order to be successful in doing what He would have them do to the tabernacle. What He would have them do 
as he had commanded them to do. And he gave them those tools. And those tools were wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And I want you to know today that we cannot obey God's will. We cannot do what God would have us do without having wisdom and knowledge and understanding. But we want to look at Solomon a little bit this morning, and we'll talk about the things of him and then, then go further about it in, in, a time, in the time that we have left. You know, Solomon had great understanding. He had great wisdom. But as we notice that in 1 Kings, the second chapter, verse number 3, here we see that David was about to leave this life. He was, his life was about over, and he knew that Solomon was going to take over as king. And here's the words and the admonition that he gave to his son. He said, And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgment and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and, whether, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. So this is, is the advice that David, the king that was a man after his, of God's own heart, Here's a man that told his son how that he could be successful. And he told him to stay in the ways of the Lord to do the thing that God would have him do. Let's drop down to the fifth verse. Excuse me, to the fifth verse of the chapter when we find that the Lord came to, to Solomon. We realize Solomon's a real young man and, and he, he needed help, as we all do. But he, he, here's the here's the the words of the Lord to him at this time. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what, what I shall give thee. What a great offer that God made to Solomon. He said, You ask what you need, what will help you the most. Skip down to the ninth verse of the chapter. Here's the, what Solomon asked for. Give thee... Give, therefore, thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge so, this so great a people? So when he, God asked him what he would need, he asked, and is from here on it will be referred to as wisdom, is what he asked for. He wanted to have understanding. He wanted to be able to do the things that God would have him do in judging the people. He wanted to be a great king, just as David had been. Look at verse number 10. Well, let's read 10 through, through 12. And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast, hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee, or neither shall arise like unto thee. Excuse me. So the Lord said, you asked for this thing, and I'm going to give it to you. But verse number 12 the Lord said, Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there are none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like thee. I'm sorry, I read the same verse. Verse 13. And I have also given thee that which thou hast asked not for. The thing that 
we probably would have asked for is what God gave him because he asked for the right thing. He said, I've given those things that thou did not ask for, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee in all thy days. So because of, and I say today that if we listen to the fact that Solomon had wisdom and knowledge and understanding, or he wouldn't have asked for wisdom, a greater wisdom that he could judge the people. But he asked for that, and God gave it to him. And besides this, he gave him riches and all those things that man would have asked for. But notice what God said also in the 14th verse. He said, If thou wilt walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, I will lengthen thy days. So David gave him the commandment that he should walk in the ways of the Lord. And then the Lord told him again here that he needs to walk in the ways of the Lord. We want to remember the first time that, that he showed his wisdom, the first time the people that knew his wisdom, and it's a very familiar story that we all are familiar with, but the fact that two women come to him and they had one baby, and they had been sleeping in the same bed that night and they had had a baby apiece and one of the babies died. They couldn't agree on who the living child belonged to. So they brought it to King, King Solomon and they asked him, what are we going to do? And he said, here's what we're going to do. Bring me a sword. We'll cut this child in half. We'll fix this solution. You'll each have a half and you'll both go away happy. Well, you see, the, the mother of the child that was living wouldn't hear to it. And she said, give the child to the other lady. This I read and remind us of the fact that, that he had the great wisdom and the knowledge to know that the mother would not want the child, child's life to be taken. And this was great wisdom that was shown. If you look at 1 Kings 3, verse 28, and I think I've moved on. <clears throat> 1 Kings 3, verse 28, And all Israel heard of the judgment, which the king had judged, and they feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do all judgment. After this had happened, then the word got around, and people were, were going to do the things that, that God would, do, would have them do because they saw that he had this great wisdom, and they had the understanding that, it, that this wisdom came from God him, himself. Let's go to Kings, the fourth chapter, 1 Kings again. <clears throat> 1 Kings again, the fourth chapter, verse 29 and 30. And God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding exceeding much and largeness of heart, even as, as the sand is on the seashore. And Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the children of the, of the east country and all the wisdom of Egypt. His wisdom that God had given unto him was uncomparable. So we understand that, that, wis, that he had great wisdom, he had a great knowledge and understanding. He had a great understanding and wisdom because of the knowledge he had of God, because what God had told him to do. No, he did many wonderful things with the wisdom that God had given him. 
he built the temple and he made several promises to God that he kept. If you have the opportunity, go and read about his life and you see the things that Solomon had done. At first, Solomon was concerned with doing what God would have him do. He used his wisdom in the right way. And I want to bring that over to us today that we have a knowledge and a wisdom and hopefully an understanding of God's will today and we need to use it in the right way. But we, we do not want to give it up as Solomon did. You know, he did not take heed to what his father told him, to follow God, to keep his commandments. He didn't take heed to what God told him to follow God and keep his commandments if he wanted to live long on this earth. In Solomon, um, excuse me, in 1 Kings 9, verse 4 through 9, here again, God is telling him what will happen. He said, If thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked in integrity of heart and uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and will keep my statutes and my judgment, then will I establish the throne of thy king upon Israel forever. And I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. So the same commandment that he had already been told before was told again. And I think we need to pay attention to that because the scripture is full of things that remind us over and over and over of things that we've already heard that we need to take heed to because we might let them slip. Here's the, what he told him. He said, there'll be good for you if you keep my commandments. Verse number six. But if you shall at all turn following from following me, ye are your children and will not keep my commandments and my statutes will I have, which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them. Then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them and this, this house which I have hallowed my name, will I cast out of my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among the people. Notice what he says, if you don't follow my commands, then I'll do away with it all. And he said, at this house which is high, everyone that passes by it shall be astonished and shall hiss, and they shall say, why hath the Lord done this unto this land and to this house? And notice the people that ask the question, why has God done this, has the answer in verse number 9. And they shall answer, because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have taken hold upon other gods, and have worshipped them, and have served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them all this evil. This should be enough to warn Solomon you're going to lose the kingdom if you don't follow God. He had the wisdom that God gave him, and it's, it's a mystery to me how that he had the great wisdom, and then he turned from God. Let's notice in, in 1 Kings 11, verse 1 through 11, and we'll see his turning away. But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the children of Pharaoh, women of Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonites, and Hittites. 
of the nations concerning the Lord said he unto the children of Israel, You shall not go into them, neither shall they have they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clave unto, the, unto these in love. And as he had 700 wives, princesses, 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. We remember when the children of Israel would take a city or when they took a country, then God said, don't go in and, and, and take part with these people because they'll take your heart away. And that's what he's telling them here. He said, you remember that. But Solomon, with all his wisdom and knowledge and understanding, I wouldn't say he forgot, but he did turn away from God. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect in the Lord God, as was the heart of David, his father. The next verses tell about where, where these women came from and where they, where they was and who they was. In the ninth verse, he said, And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart turned from the Lord God of Israel, which had appeared unto him twice, and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast, cast, hast not kept my commandments, and my statutes which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it unto thy servants. Again, it's a mystery to me with all the knowledge that he had. What happened to that wisdom that he had? What changed Solomon's mind? What would change your mind this morning from the will of God that you have in your heart? The knowledge you have and the understanding that you have to do God's will. You know, up until this point, he used the knowledge, understanding, and wisdom that he had. That God had given him. The question that I want you to remember today is, could it happen to me? Could it happen to you? You know, when we, when, we get, when we fail to use our wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, then the question arises, what will our end be? And I think we all know the answer. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon began to talk about some of those things that he did when he used the wisdom of man instead of the wisdom of God. He said he had tried everything under the sun. In another place, he said that whatever my eyes beheld, I had to have it and I got it. Wisdom of man versus the wisdom that God had given him. In Ecclesiastes 1, verse number 13, And I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all the things that are done under, the, under heaven. This sore travail hath God given to the, to the sons of men to be exercised thereby. The wisdom he's talking about here is not the wisdom that God had given to him, but it was the wisdom that he had got from the world. And it said by wisdom that he had sought out all of these pleasures, trying to find happiness, trying to find the thing that would soothe his soul. But he had already, forget, he had already given those things up. 
And as we didn't mention a moment ago that whenever he, he took on all these wives, he built all of them tabernacles, he built them places to worship, and not only that, he worshiped in those, in those places with them. Ecclesiastes 1, verse number 14. Solomon said, I've seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and vexation of spirit. You know, we've seen a lot of things, but a lot of things gone that we haven't seen, that we haven't been tempted by yet. Solomon saw them all, and he said, all is vanity and vexation. In, in verse 18 of that same chapter, he said, For much wisdom is much grief, and he that increases knowledge increases sorrow. Now, I don't believe he's talking about godly wisdom. I don't believe he's talking about that at all. He's talking about the worldly wisdom and what it brings. And what worldly knowledge does, what brings increase of sorrow, as he said here. And I believe that's exactly what Solomon's talking about. We are warned throughout the Bible that this kind of wisdom will cause us to lose our soul. The only wisdom that we need, the knowledge that we need is from this book. And if we use that to the end of our days, then we have the promise of eternal life. Turn to 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, and we want to read verse 17 through 26. We find here what Paul says about worldly wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Notice, for, af for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So when the world would not accept the wisdom of God and would not obey God, just as Solomon turned from him, he said, I'm going to make a plan that will work for everyone. And he calls it the foolishness of preaching. The foolishness of preaching. But through that foolishness of preaching and through the wisdom of God, we can all hear, believe, and obey and have our salvation of our soul. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom, wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ's power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And here's the warning again to us today. He said, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not, very no not many noble are called. Again, Solomon, as he wrote in Proverbs, he thought about many things in Proverbs that he taught us that we should seek the wisdom that, that he had had at one time. Proverbs 23, verse 23, buy the truth and sell it not. He said, buy the truth. We need the truth. We need knowledge of it. 
But he said, also wisdom and instruction, or instruction I would call knowledge and understanding. You see, he came to the realization of this is what we need. We need knowledge, we need wisdom, and we need understanding if we're going to do the will of God. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 5 through 13, again, Paul talks about worldly wisdom and, and its uselessness, just as Solomon told us that it's all vanity and vexation. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If the whole world could understand this one point, look at how many people would be saved today. Your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Not what I think, not what you think, not what someone else thinks, but in the power of God, which is in His Word. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of the world, nor the princes of this world that come to naught. Paul said, we, we preach wisdom, but it's not the same wisdom that's of this world. It's not the wisdom that will cause you to turn from God and lose your soul. Which none of the princes of the world knew, for had they known it, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. Had they known the truth, had they had studied and knew the word of God, they would have not have crucified our Lord. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed unto us by, the Spirit, by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For, for what man knoweth the things of a man, saveth the spirit of man it, it is in him. Even so, the things God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received the Spirit of, have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit of which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given by Him. I want to stop and want to think about it. He said, we have not received the Spirit of the world and the things that are in there. That but we receive the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God is what reveals to us all the things that God so freely gives us. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the, God, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. We've noticed a little bit about knowledge and about understanding thus far. We want to look at knowledge for just a, a few minutes. I think back to Adam and Eve in the garden. They, as Solomon had been warned, they had been told. They had the knowledge that God gave them. He said in, in Genesis 2 verse 17, we're very, very aware of this passage, but he said, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, nor for in the day that thou eat of it thereof thou shalt surely die. So they had knowledge, but for some reason their understanding and their wisdom turned when Satan told them, Thou shalt not surely die. Again, the warning that I'm trying to get over to us today is that we're not immune. Any one of us at any time can be confused by man if we let it be so. We need to study the Word of God. We need to know what God would have us do just as He did with, with them. 
But he told Adam and Eve, he told Solomon what that they, that they needed to be doing. And yet, they turned from God's ways. What would make us think that we, we are better than them and that we would not do the same if we're tempted to the point and if we allow Satan to come into our life? Proverbs 9 verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and, and the knowledge of an holy one is understanding. The fear of the Lord. You know, there's a lot of things said about the fear of the Lord and the fear that he's talking about is the respect that we have for him. Once we realize that he is God, the creator, the giver of life and all, then we search his scriptures to have the right knowledge and the understanding. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Solomon wrote these words, but at some point in time, he lost that fear. He lost the fear and he lost the wisdom and understanding that he had of God's ways, and he turned away from him. Proverbs 15, verse 14, The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feedeth on foolishness. We need to seek knowledge. We need to get in this book every day. We talk about the scripture that says, Study to show thyself approved, but we need to get in this book every day to have more knowledge of the Word of God. In Hosea 4, verse 6, the scripture says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Where does that put us today? But you see what he said, Because thou hast rejected knowledge. And he says, Because you've rejected me, I will reject you. Does this not sound a little bit about Solomon? He rejected the knowledge that he had. He rejected the understanding that he had that God, what God would have him do. You know, there's people in the world today that go to the Bible to study the Bible to gain knowledge of the Word of God. I don't believe you're here this morning, but there's people that are in this town today that go to the Bible to gain knowledge. And then when they get it, they reject it because it wasn't what they thought God would expect of them. Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Romans 10 verse 2, he talks about the children of Israel and he said they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. There again, the world today is full of people that are supposedly worshiping God full of people that have all the zeal, maybe more than we have when we know that we have the ways of God. But it's not according to knowledge. If it's not according to knowledge, then it will not save their soul. In Colossians 1, verse 9 and 10, Paul here again, he, he has a prayer to the, the church, those of, those of the church at Colossae, and he says, for this cause, what was the cause? The cause was that he had heard that they had obeyed the gospel. He had heard that they loved their brethren. He had heard that they had a strong faith. And he said, for this cause, we also, 
since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Here's a group of people that's obeyed the gospel. And Paul said, my prayer is that you be filled with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. He said that, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Are you increasing in the knowledge of God daily? Sometimes we don't, do we? But he said, my prayer is that you'll be filled with the knowledge of God and you'll be increased, that you'll have more knowledge of him. And my prayer this morning for all of us is that we'll get more knowledge from the word of God because that is what will save our soul. In 1 Timothy 2, verse number 4, who will have all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, Without the knowledge of the truth, you can't be saved. It's that simple. Second Timothy 3, verse 7, ever learning and ever able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In this third chapter of Second Timothy, he, Paul is telling Timothy about things that's going to happen in the latter days, how that men were going to do all sort of ugly things and all of these. But he said, these people, even though they were against God and did all these things, they were still learning. But they never did come to the knowledge of the truth. Without wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, we'll never come or we'll never have enough knowledge to obey God. The last one we want to look at in just a second, and it's been in, included in all the lesson today already. Is understanding. I ask you before we do that, where are we going to get knowledge, wisdom, and understanding? Now we can do like Solomon and be tired of reading the Bible and go somewhere else for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And we can get that, but it'll be worldly, just as Paul talked about. The only place we can get those things, folks, is from the Bible and from us getting into the Word and for us listening to it. In Ephesians 3, verse number 4, whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge and the mystery of Christ. We need to read it, not just as a good story or a good book, but as God's will for us. I remind you of Philip and the eunuch, it's the very one that talks about understanding you know when Philip approached him we have a man that had been worshiping God and he was coming back from that worship and, and he was reading the scriptures Philip asked him understandest thou what thou readest you know there's thousands of people today and maybe we are sometime if we don't study if we don't look further into the word to find out what it means for us He said, how can I accept someone, someone should guide me? He realized that he didn't have it. But you know what happened to him? Uh, just as I said before, we need to read the scriptures. We need to study the scriptures. We need to know so that we can understand. But what happened to the eunuch once he understood? He obeyed the gospel. He, he was 
baptized for the remission of his sins. Ephesians 5 verse 17, Wherefore ye be ye not unwise. That's the message of the morning. Be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Do all the study that you can and get all the knowledge that you can from the Word of God so you can understand what the will of God is. For if we don't understand it, all the knowledge of this world, as I said before, will not save us. Again, Solomon said in Proverbs 3, verse number 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Here's the man that trusted God to begin with. And God gave him the wisdom and he gave him all the riches and all those other things because he had asked for the right thing. But here's the man and he says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. And here's the thing that will save our soul. And lean not unto thine own understanding. What happened to Solomon? What happened to his great wisdom? You see, he leaned on his own understanding. And he went, off, went out off after all of these things that are in the world. The scriptures, as far as I know, never said that Solomon repented. We pray and hope he did. But we don't know that. Beware, as we close today, that none of us let the same thing happen to us as happened to Solomon. If you're here this morning and have never obeyed the gospel, we want to offer the invitation. If you've been previously taught what you must do, you must believe, repent, confess, be buried with him in baptism. If you'd like to come and take care of that today, we'd be happy to help you with that. If there's one here that feels you need the prayers of the church, we'd be happy to pray with and for you. If you'd come, sit on the front pews together, we stand and sing.